think this is a really great conversation that all business owners should be having because we all need to be making money and being able to charge in different ways for different reasons and understanding why you should charge a certain way specifically for your, the business, your business or the outcome you're looking for is beneficial to you. You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, the podcast for coaches, thought leaders, and change makers who are ready to become the standout expert. If that's you, stay tuned because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I want to help you build a successful business sharing your expertise, generate the impact and income you need to create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. Are you ready? Let's enter the lab. Welcome back to another Thursday episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm your Thursday co-host, Samantha Riley, joined as always by, with, oh my goodness, I'm terrible at getting this. Anyway, Tim Hyde's here. How are you, Tim? Good morning, Sam. How are you? <laughs> Good, thanks. You'd, th- you'd think by now, like, what are we, 250-something episodes in, I would have this down, but no. <laughs> you would have nailed that. Actually, I was on a call today, uh, earlier this morning, uh, with someone who said, uh, who interrupted, you know, said, because the flow of our initial conversation and said, Hey, you okay if I record this for training and coaching purposes? <laughs> <laughs> this episode brought to you by. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's jump, let's just dive in yeah, and, uh, jump in. Today, we're going to talk about different revenue models, different ways to receive payments, because I, think that sometimes people can get caught up thinking that there is only one way to receive payment and not think about other ways that may better suit their business or even add different revenue models into their business so that they have got money coming in in different ways, essentially. Well, we did have a joke that we have an unnatural obsession with being paid, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is what we're in business for. Really. It's, it's, it's to get paid to do the things we want to do. And I know if you're a heart-centered coach or consultant, you might find this actually very difficult. You know, it's a fairly common thing to be find it very difficult to ask for money. And, and maybe using one of these six different models or a combination of all six maybe might help you uh, get paid to be able to do the things you love to do better. <laughs> Yeah. There's two things I want to cover here. I don't think it is unnatural for a business owner to want to be paid. I think it's completely natural. And if you don't want to be paid, then there's probably some really big business issues there. Actually, there will be some very big business issues there uh, because your business needs money to be able to run. Money is the oxygen of a business. And number two, I would consider myself heart-centered. I know what you were trying to say, but I just, <laughs> I just want to cover off. Just because we want our business to make money doesn't mean that we haven't got our heart in the right place. I totally know where you're going, but you know me, Miss Devil's Advocate here over um, here. Troublemakers, what you are. Anyway, look, we <laughs> so, came up. So six revenue models. Six or six revenue models. How many of these do you use? I use uh, three, four of the four of these six in my yeah, business. I must admit, I and use, yourself. I use four as well, and I mm-hmm. was actually considering I, i've tried number six as well mm-hmm. in fact i've tried them all have you yeah my, actually i've tried my i've not tried number six my least favorite is payment in arrears you've just given away number four <laughs> i know right but let's 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 jump into them number one payment up front 
Absolutely. So what we're talking about here is your one-off service. So potentially selling a course or selling a coaching session or a keynote where you have one service or one product that you're selling you pay and people pay upfront for it. It's typically quite transactional in nature, isn't it? It is. I've got this service. This is how much it is. Someone pays you, you deliver. That is kind of the end. What is your what is your transactional payment upfront thing, Sam? Online right course. So anything that's an online course is payment upfront. If I was ever doing actually I am doing a one-off coaching session today and that all gets payment upfront. So something where I'm doing a one-off delivery. Uh, for me, my upfront delivery, although I do tend to put it onto a payment plan for clients, um, is uh, implementation of a new CRM program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that tends to be my upfront payment. Quite often you'll see here, if people do pay upfront, you'll offer a dis- some form of discount or incentive to pay the whole thing in advance. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you'll put this on a payment plan, but it's typically, either way, it's typically sort of an upfront thing. Um, pros? Pros is definitely that you collect the money up front. It's definitely a pro. And even if you have it on a payment plan, it's not like a membership where someone could cancel. If they've put, uh, even if it is on a payment plan, they're still paying for that, for that entirety of that upfront payment. Cons, of course, (laughs) um, is that it can be a little bit unpredictable if you haven't got your marketing machine bringing in fairly consistent leads and you do tend to be on a bit of a roller coaster income. Mm, totally. So it can be great if you do a launch and you're collecting a lot of money up front. If you don't make sure that you either A, have leads coming in or B, uh, have some sort of budget in place, you can you can have this roller coaster income. Yeah. Actually, just not just on that, Sam, you know, for higher ticket things, I think, and this is something we should be aware of as we consider our pricing and and pricing and combined with the the revenue model not all of your clients depending on who they are will be able to afford a payment upfront model mm-hmm. now, if you've got a 10 20 30 50 thousand dollar thing and then say hey look it's fifty thousand dollars worth of value here and say it's it's pay up front you might find some resistance in uh, in sales if your client is going, well, I don't have $50,000 mm. sitting around right now to actually pay for that, all right? And changing the, the model to one of the other ones may actually be make it more accessible for your Actually, client. I'll give you just a little different take on that. With the payment up front, I would always come out of the gate with the payment plan before the payment up front price. So... Um, you know, if you if your upfront is fifteen thousand, I would say, well, you know, the payments are fifteen hundred dollars a month, or you can have a discount and pay fifteen thousand to pay it upfront. So I would actually uh, turn that around and say payments upfront, and then lead, and then come into the, or you can pay the full price and get this discount. Absolutely. Okay, let's move on to number two. Number two is. Um, Favorites. It is our favorite. I really like this one or one of my favorites. I've actually got another one in here. Um, but the continuity model. So this is your monthly recurring payments. Some people would call it a, a membership model. And yes, for both of us, this is definitely one of our favorites. This is your Netflix. This is your, um, you know, your coaching programs that, that continue on. I think it's pretty obvious, but Tim, what do you think the pros are for this? 
Look, this is this one is really good. I'm you, you're really clear about what's coming mm -hmm. in each month, and this gives you, I guess, a, a little bit more assurance about what you're, it's often called MRR or monthly recurring revenue. It just means you're not having you know thirty thousand one month and five thousand the next, which is very difficult to plan for. Um, in fact, all of the pretty much all of the subscriptions you've got to mm -hmm. run your business, your CRM, your your accounting software, your you know your your premium LinkedIn, whatever it happens to be, is all sits on this model as well. And it just makes it much easier for you to actually understand your profit and, and loss each month because it's going to be far more stable. Um, absolutely. That's why I love it so much. But there are a couple of cons. Um, one, and this is actually something um, that you had to help me unpack because I couldn't quite get my head around this at first. It took me a minute. But if you normally charge 15000 for a one-off program, but you're charging, say, $600 a month for your monthly uh, membership and you don't have a retention strategy in place, then the, you potentially will lose your customers. You'll have a higher churn and you will end up making less money. Even though you know what's coming in each month, if you've got a high churn rate, you potentially will make less money than if you sold a one-off program. I think it's one of these models that you have got to be really careful using this one uh, if your program is uh, forward stacked. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, in value. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if you're doing lots up front, lots of delivery up front, this is a model that potentially won't work for you. The, the other way that you can do that, and we are talking about milestone payments next, but you can do this where you, your first monthly payment is a lot higher and then it goes on to a monthly because there are a lot of programs where you do need to do a lot of foundational work at the beginning, especially if you're doing some sort of delivery for the client and there's a lot of man hours that need to go into getting that client onboarded that you can charge a higher first amount and then a smaller amount each month. So just because you're ch doing a monthly recurring payments or a membership model doesn't mean that each month needs to be the same amount. Yeah, you probably see these, I guess, with establishment fees or setup mm -hmm. fees mm -hmm. as well. Okay, and so typically you'll see a, a combination of upfront payment and then monthly continuity. Right, so the upfront payment will be the setup fee or the establishment fee. Uh, and then you'll go into this recurring revenue where you've got ongoing support each month. So this is one I'm using, you know, when I uh, take over a CRM that's that's already existing and if there's a bit of a setup, I'll do uh, an analysis of an account first, which is my one-off, and then I'll move someone to a continuity um, thereon to provide ongoing services. Awesome. I know you've got something very similar, Sam, as well. You know, your coaching program is definitely a continuity. Absolutely, absolutely. Continuity but number three, I've already given away, <laughs> but number three is milestone payments. So this is where people would pay payments along the way with a final payment due once the project is complete. So what sort of, give us some context, Tim, what are some ways that we would charge milestone payments or what for? Um, okay, so... Consulting, definitely, um, things like websites. Typically, you'll find it's some sort of project-based deliverable where there's a really defined, this is what we will do to get to this point. Um, you know, you see, if, you'd, if you've ever built a house or you've seen a house building around, right, there's going to be milestone payments based on how far someone's gone, right? So milestones on a, on a building project, I can comment this because there's literally one <laughs> going on next door at the moment. Um, you know, 
you'll make a payment when the slab is laid. You'll pay. A, you'll make a payment when the frame's completed. You'll make a payment when you know when the house gets to lock up. Then you'll make a, a final payment, and you'll typically make some form of you know initial deposit or commitment to get going. And that's that's fairly typical for those sorts of things. So if you've got really defined project deliverables uh, in your process, right, that milestone payment can work really well. If it's a little bit more amorphous or a bit more nebulous in terms of what you're delivering. And you might, you know, it doesn't matter whether someone does this in month one or month four or month six, you know, the milestone payment probably is not the right model. Mm, for it you. can, the client can draw out that mas that final payment on the milestone payment. We've definitely had that before where they just like really drag their feet. So if you're doing milestone payments, make sure that A, that you're very clear with your client upfront and B, make sure you get a, a written contract to make sure that there's yep. dates that even if your client does drag their feet, you're still going to get that final milestone payment. Yeah, I think um, certainly if you're doing, you know, 50% upfront and 50% on delivery or, or whatever it happens to be, that you are not risking the cost of your delivery in that final mm -hmm. payment. Right? Yes. Okay to risk your profit, which is annoying. Obviously, if they don't, if they then really get on to don't pay it, um, but don't risk costs. Yep. In your, so, in your so model. ensure that the hard costs that you that are going to cost you to be able to deliver it are all covered in the very first payment. Just, just in case, it's yeah. like or, or the first or in the first milestones, not definitely not yes, in the last yes. one. Yes, yes. So that's your insurance policy. Yeah, good point, yeah. Tim. I, I, I do. I do see a mistake often with those ones that, you know, people might put a 50%, you know, final payment on. Um, I think mm -hmm. that's too much because you are actually, there's probably, you, you may have spent 60 or 70% of your budget at that particular point, but you haven't recovered the costs. Uh, those costs. Very good point. So that's payment in arrears. Number five, this is... Uh, that's my, that's oh, that is milestone payments. payments. Oh, my goodness, I'm getting ahead of myself here. <laughs> See, I was trying to get to my favourite. Num <laughs> uh, number, number four is See, payment that's, in arrears. See, that's, that's right? why I went is, past it because I'm just like, please don't do this. this oh, this is one that you – I don't, don't like this one. I think this is one, this is one um, that I think a lot of new coaches and consultants um, mm -hmm. start out with. Right. We'll do the work and then you pay us in, in, in arrears. And it's something we, we typically see with trade mm -hmm. businesses mm -hmm. as well. Right. They'll come in, they'll do the work, and then you pay them for this. Even, even the call-out fee, right? They'll come in, they'll do the, they turn up, and then you pay as they yeah. go. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually surprised that trade businesses are still working on this model. And maybe because they're, I'm going to put this in air quotes, afraid that that's what the rest of the – uh, that their industry is doing, but I think I think paying payment in arrears is a little bit crazy. Um, obviously, there's less risk for the client. Uh, might make sales easier to, to come by because there's no, you know, payment upfront panic or buyer's remorse. But it does mean that you're covering as as the as the provider, you're covering your delivery costs up front. So if you've got a project that requires a lot of um, a lot of costs, that can potentially really hurt your business and hurt your cash flow. Yeah, and, and cash flow as we as we know, cash mm -hmm. flow is king, and you really need to manage that. Right? There's a big risk if you're looking at your balance sheet right now and you're seeing a huge amount of work in progress. 
that hasn't been realised or hasn't been paid for, um, that's a potential potential risk. But look, obviously, the, the, the advantage there is is that um, you know there's less risk for the client. Absolutely, there is a lot less risk for the client. It's it's easier to make a sale for a payment in arrears because the client's not paying anything. They just need to say yes, deliver the work. Right? Obviously, you need to make sure that you're delivering mm-hmm, good work. Mm-hmm. So that the, all the risk is on you. Um, should the client absolutely? Not so that's number four. Number five. All right. Favorite second. Second favorite, definitely second favorite. This one. <laughs> All right, and that's affiliate commissions. Otherwise known as partner payments, um, affiliate commissions, partner payments, but essentially you're getting paid to promote someone else's product or service. So a lot to do with selling um, or promoting other people's promotions, partner promotions, maybe software sales for coaches. If there's a, a piece of software that you regularly recommend, I suggest that you become an affiliate, so at least that you're able to get some sort of revenue from promoting that product. Yeah. Now this is, I mean, good and bad. I think um, certainly it, it sort of adds to an ongoing commission, particularly I guess in the software sales space, because most of those are, you know, have a continuity model, and you'll take a you'll take a percentage of of that software that you're selling. Quick wins, I guess, is the defined benefit of, you know, if you're selling someone else's program, if you sell three of their program, you get X percentage of the, the revenue from that. But conversely, you are somewhat like dictated to by when your partners are running promotions. Yes, and, and this can be a problem. You might have three partners that you work very closely with. They may all be launching at the same time, which means that you can't promote each of those partners. So this is something that you definitely need to have your content plan in place so that you know, and if you're super smart, get together with your inner circle and work out your launches together so that you are able to promote each other's programs in some sort of cycle. Yeah, I tend to put this in the in the, the context of beer money. Beer money. Right? So beer money, it's a nice bonus, but it's not something that I would have as my core revenue model. Yeah, yet um, I know, well, I'll give a shout out to Matt Wolf and Joe Fear from the um, Hustle and Flowchart podcast. They quite publicly said about, I think it was back in 2019, they actually stopped selling all of their programs and purely went to a model where they are affiliate partners only. And they are running their business quite well doing that. But it's because they're able to put all their focus into the software that they, and they, I think they do only just sell software. I could be wrong, Um, but they do run their whole, their whole, all their revenue comes from affiliate commissions. Well, there you go. I've just been proven wrong, <laughs> <laughs> but it it is hard, and it and it is something that if you are going to do that model, that you'd clearly have to very, you know, you'd have to dedicate yourself and, and focus yourself. On absolutely, that. absolutely. It is a great revenue stream, though. We don't want to have all our eggs in one basket. So exactly like you said, Tim, I also wouldn't run my whole business on um, affiliate commissions either, exactly the same as what you're saying, but it is great to have another stream of income. Absolutely. Okay, now last but by no means least because this one is potentially the most lucrative. Absolutely, and it's one, I'm going to be quite honest, this is one I don't know a lot about, but I'm hearing more and more about it and in the last few months have heard a lot about it. Yep. And this is the paper results, right? This is the revenue share model. And this is, you'll typically see this where 
you know, you've got some influence, maybe not necessarily on a transactional basis, but you've got some influence to the overall benefit. And generally speaking, obviously in a business, you know, you're working with businesses as opposed to consumers. There's some business benefit to what it is that you provide, but it can't necessarily be tied directly on a transactional mm-hmm. basis. And so we often see either leadership or, or marketing coaches work in this, this space, sometimes sales um, sales coaches as well, where, or, you know, business coaches, obviously it can do this as well, where you're providing an overall benefit to the business growth and you're taking a percentage of the improvement to the business, typically on either on a profit or on a revenue share model. Can I just give a really quick instance that I wish I had have done a revenue share model. I was doing a Facebook campaign for a company that was running an event and I absolutely filled that event at capacity. Now, if I had have taken a revenue share model, I would have earned a lot more than I would have by just charging an upfront payment to run the campaign. Yeah. And, and that's what we're looking for, right? If you take a business from a million dollars to $2 million, you know, maybe 10% might be okay right, to be able to do that, right? And you're making a hundred thousand rather than maybe the 30, 40, 50, 60,000 you might have otherwise charged to consult over the same period. Mm. Now, you know, pros and cons of this one, obviously, you know, is that the cons are that you have delayed results. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And you've got to, you know, obviously trust your client a great deal to for them to share those revenue, revenue numbers. But also, I think if you're not influencing the entire process mm-hmm. right you can say hey i'm doing all the work but you know you're letting down the team over here right mm-hmm. and that can mm-hmm. actually sort of negatively impact your results or the results that you could you could have attained totally but the pro and it's like i mentioned earlier with the project that i did if you're someone that knows that you have really good value to deliver if you're very good at getting results then this is definitely a revenue stream that you should look at yeah, it's potentially unlimited, isn't it? You know, you take Absolutely. that million dollar business to ten million at one percent. There you go. Here's a yeah. here's a million dollars. Absolutely. You know, that's a nice payday to have. Absolutely. So let's go back and cover uh, those the six revenue models that we've talked about today. Number one is the payment up front. So payment for that one-off service or course where someone pays you up front. Number two is the continuity model or those monthly recurring payments or otherwise known as membership model. Number three is milestone payments. So payments, you know, over a project with the final payment at completion. Number four, payment in arrears, which is where you get paid at the end after you have delivered your service or product. Number five, affiliate commissions or partner payments. And number six, revenue share. I'm sorry, don't be afraid to combine these models uh, to make it work for you. So you can, for example, do a revenue share with a, a continuity upfront payment each month, right? Potentially of a lesser amount, or you can do, as we mentioned earlier, you can do a payment upfront with a milestone payment. Absolutely. If you've got any questions at all, or would like to discuss this topic even further, head over to the Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook, where we'll open up the conversation. I think this is a really great conversation that all business owners should be having, because as we mentioned at the beginning, we all need to be making money and being able to charge in different ways for different reasons and understanding why 
you should charge a certain way specifically for your, the business, your business or the outcome you're looking for is beneficial to you. Absolutely. Sam, great to chat again. Um, I got value out of today's conversation as well. I think we always do, don't we? We always do. I feel like this podcast is like our own little, uh, <laughs> our own little mastermind where we get to unpack these things each week. <laughs> I enjoy the, I enjoy the conversations before we even deliver because you have to get all of this stuff out of your head. So yes, I've enjoyed this conversation too. So Tim, thanks for joining me. And to you, the listener, thanks for joining us again in the Thought Leaders Business Lab. We'll see you next week. Ciao, ciao. Today's episode may be over, but let's continue the conversation. Head on over to the Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook and connect with other entrepreneurs who are building and scaling their business too. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.